Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. You are listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, the podcast where we hear from people that we're used to seeing or maybe hearing or listening to or going to see and watch on our screens or in person about the jobs that they work aside from that, whether it's before they went full-time or alongside whatever they do now. My name is Giles Bidder and... I ring up people or email them and text them and, and say, can I speak to you for my podcast? And some people get back and say, yeah, sure. And I say, wicked. And we we make a time. And since then, I've bought some things, including a microphone, to try and make it sound all right. Apologies if it sounded a bit dodgy in previous episodes, but we're working on it. Team 101 part-time jobs. That's me, Giles Bitter, in my bedroom. This time I speak to Lucinda Livingston, who's the singer of the band Cult Dreams, formerly known as Kamikaze Girls. And she's widely known that she is a graphic designer and illustrator. And she's designed record covers and t-shirts for a lot of bands you may know. What you may not know is that she started off as a tennis coach at the age of 11. 
And then she became an Apple genius before working for Sony, where she worked on projects for Beyonce and Robbie Williams. But I'm not going to spoil it. She's coming up right now. What she does also give is some advice to you if you're an aspiring graphic designer or illustrator. And I think actually the advice that she gives can be applicable to a number of creative paths. And I think really it's just a good chat and it's, and it's interesting to hear what it takes to become an Apple genius and what it's like to work for Robbie Williams. So here's Lucinda. Thanks for listening. If you care to, you can rate and subscribe. There is an absolute ocean of podcasts. I don't think I'm special, but I started this when I didn't have a job and it gave me something to do. And it gave me a reason to ask other people questions about their lives. And I quite enjoy doing it. Thanks again for listening. This is 101 Part-Time Jobs with Lucinda Livingston. How are you doing then? How's um how's the come down from the shows? Yeah, fine. Like um I had loads of work to do. Loads of I had loads of illustration commissions that I'd like not sort of just not managed to get around to because last week was so busy. So that's uh, that's the first thing immediately. <laughs> you're, a, you're a graphic you're a graphic designer slash illustrator. Yeah. Tell me about your journey of that so far. It was sort of just by accident, really. <laughs> um like I think when I was about 14, 13, 14, when I like joined my first band and we got on MySpace, um, I like started to learn Photoshop to make us logos and to make our MySpace layouts. So I kind of just taught myself to code and taught myself like a way around Photoshop. And then that kind of developed with me like charging like 40 pounds and doing MySpace layouts for other bands that I knew. I remember like metal bands used to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds on these like fancy overlays for MySpace. And then um, I was in this kind of like post, my like first band was like this post rock band. And I remember like seeing them being like, oh, they look sick. I learned how to use Photoshop. I learned how to code. Um, and then I just sort of always did bits of graphic design for all my bands. And it kind of escalated from MySpace layouts to doing like album artwork and T-shirts. I actually always had a part-time job from being 11, which sounds really bad, but it's completely not. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had like a million jobs, so maybe I'm like the worst person to come on this podcast because there's so many. <laughs> well, no, because we, we can do a number of parts. When I was a kid, I like used to play tennis a lot. And um, when I was 11, like the tennis club that I played with in Hull, like they offered me like a tennis coach assistant job. Because like I would teach like four or five year olds to play tennis when yeah. I was eleven. Like okay. I would just help. I would just help out. Um, so I used to do loads of that, and I did that till I was like sixteen. And they did pay you in British currency. Yeah, they paid me like they paid when I was eleven. They paid me like I don't know. I think it was like three pound twenty five an hour, which was like insane money for an eleven year old. I think it's my favorite job I've ever had. Just outside all the time and helping like really young kids play tennis and then like we'd play football and cricket and stuff with them those kinds of jobs that you do that you kind of forget that you're working yeah I mean I I didn't really know what 
like I don't really know what you were meant to do but I when I was like I think when I was about 14 I started I started working at WH Smith one day a week and then I realized I had such a good deal with the tennis coaching gig I did all that till I was about 16 and then I got like way more into music I was in a band playing shows but I didn't like drop out of school to go and like tour or anything like there was I just felt like there wasn't any point me being there anymore so I dropped out and then I ended up going to Leeds College of Music it was really strange I was like I was so awkward I mean I still am but like I feel like I can at least talk to people now I feel like if I like went to college or like something now I would probably deal a lot better with it but I went there but I didn't go a lot because I was just always playing as many shows as I could yeah um so I just I kind of did I did my work and stuff but like I, I didn't go to that many classes really kept working at WH Smith for a little bit and then I eventually quit and the reason that I quit is because they wouldn't let me have the day off to go and see Paramore <laughs> yeah I was just like I can't do this anymore <laughs> but um and then I and then I like I basically like had the summer off from Leeds College of Music and I hadn't got into like university or anything like I'd got knocked back from going on like a university course so I got two jobs then um I got a job in a Sainsbury's in Hull and then I got another job in Pizza Hut in Hull um both at the same time yeah when I was I think I was like 17 or 18 I must have pretty heavy but then I got super super lucky and I was on the checkout in Sainsbury's one day and I got a phone call in my pocket so I answered my phone and the first phone call I got was from Leeds College of Music telling me I could have a place on like the their like course if I wanted because they'd had one come up and then the second phone call I got was from Apple offering me a full-time job. Um, Amazing. And so I just literally never even went back to Pizza Hut. And then I just quit Sainsbury's on that day and just left and said, I'm not, I'm not coming back. And then like a week later, I just moved to Leeds. Um, and then I ended up doing both. So I ended up being able to go to college and uh, work for Apple I'll always remember that because I was having such like a such like a it was just really like you know I was lucky to have two jobs but like it was just really like savage like I had no money and like I I couldn't do anything and I was just sort of like all I wanted to do was be in Leeds with my friends and it just wasn't working out and then I just got those two phone calls and they just like completely changed my life because then I like lived in Leeds for like the next eight years after that. That's such a great setup as well, because that's that's a that's a legit job. That that was sort of around the time that people were really. I mean, Apple had been around for a few years, hadn't it? Or people had been getting iPods for a few years. Yeah, when the when I started there, they had literally just brought out the iPhone four, so it was getting like really really crazy and popular around that point. So I joined I joined them at quite a good time. Were you a genius? I was eventually. How long did it take you to become? You know, go from the ground floor yeah I did like I did part-time at Apple while I was at college for like three years and I was like I was like a sales specialist and like so I just sold stuff um 
and then eventually I'm I like got I I stayed part-time but got promoted to like a mobile phone technician so I fixed like iPads and phones and iPods I left Apple maybe in 2015 and I went to work for awesome merchandise and I I did there like that was like the first like office full-time job I'd ever properly done aside from the odd weeks of working full-time at Apple when I needed more cash um so I did that for like a year and a half and then I moved to Brighton and I worked for Apple again (laughs) for like six weeks as a genius and then I got that call from then I got that call from Sony and I went and worked for them for a year and then towards the end of that year they like asked to renew my contract and it took me so long to decide but it was when it was when we had just we were about to release our first EP and I had booked as an eight week American tour and I knew that they wouldn't give me the time off because that was very excessive. We, we we were essentially like toured for like six months, like UK, Europe, US and Canada wow. um, when we brought out uh, the EP SAD. So yeah. I, I quit that job like kind of reluctantly because I did like it. I did things for like Beyonce, um, just Timberlake. And, and what, what exactly were they like flat tour flyers or? Uh, yeah, like little tour posters, uh, websites, um, lots of adverts. Um, I did a lot of like playlist stuff. I did a few bits of like merch design. Spotify, I think my fa- Spotify playlist is that. Yeah, my favorite thing I ever did was I designed the pitch to sign Robbie Williams, <laughs> which that is like is killer. It absolutely blew my mind. I was like, how am I doing this? I had to like, like they managed to find like a copy of his unreleased album and he'd not chosen a label. And I was like handwriting the lyrics and like designing these big banners. And they basically, we designed a whole room uh, for Robbie to come into and have his meeting (laughs) about getting signed. It was absolutely mental. Like I really like Robbie Williams. Yeah, yeah. A few dodgy lyrics, but. You know. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is this is the most mental thing I have ever done. So were you uh, there when he came in? I I mean, I I I, I will have been at work, um, yeah. but obviously I couldn't meet him. It was just the chairman of Sony okay. and like his little team that met him for the meeting. But my boss did sneak me into the room that we like that I designed like and it was like mad but like I wasn't allowed to take any pictures yeah. like so I, I couldn't use any of it in my portfolio <laughs> which is a huge shame because aside from the fact that's really funny it's actually yeah. quite a big job yeah and and he did get signed as well Great. which is awesome but like yeah um that was maybe the last thing I did before I left as well so that was really that was really fun well it's a good swan song yeah but then yeah, so then I left and started touring loads and did a few little bits of illustration here and there because people were kind of cottoning on to the fact I could do it. And I guess I was coming becoming a bit more confident to in terms of saying that I was a designer because yeah. I'd just done I'd done like a year at Sony, so I guess that it made me feel a bit more like validated and confident enough to tell people that I was a designer. I was reminiscing with Connor actually on Tuesday because um, we played Leeds on Tuesday and um, 
we both applied for this um, this job selling ice cream Sick. during a pantomime. And um, it was basically like this uh, independent ice cream company in Leeds were like, we need people to sell ice cream for like a month, a month and a half during the pantomimes over Christmas. So me and Connor both went for it. Uh, both of us got it, but they sent me all the shifts and I already had this other bar job, so I couldn't do both. So Connor just ended up taking it. But then like what happened was Connor started going to sell the ice cream, but the pantomime was really bad. So people were like walking out and no one was buying any ice cream. Oh no. <laughs> so like his residency ended up there quite quick. <laughs> yeah, I had a few like other jobs in between that. I worked in a vegan shop, like a vegan supermarket for a bit. Then I moved to Brighton and I did some like really random bar work yeah. and I started working in a little illustration stop shop and I think that's when I started getting more work in. And then it was, the, it was maybe about six months after moving to Brighton that I went completely freelance because yeah. uh, I probably had about 10 part-time jobs in two years and like I had to just quit all of them to go on tour. And I'd always tell myself, I was like, I've got to nail this freelance at some point because this is the only thing that's going to allow me to do, to tour as much as I want to tour. Um, so eventually it was, it was May, not the May that's just gone, the one before um, I went freelance, completely self-employed as like a musician and as an illustrator. And I, I've done like, I've done a year and have I done like maybe a year and a half, a bit more than that so far, and I've not died. <laughs> what advice would you give to any illustrator who finds themselves in the same predicament as you, that journey of, of freelance, of, of going from just doing it for yourself or for fun to then going full time? What's, what's the best advice? I think the first thing is kind of if you're like an illustrator or a designer, like finding your like little niche. So like I'm like I'm in I'm in bands and I know a lot of people in bands and I know a lot of people in the music industry. So the the all the work, like I'd say like 90 percent of the work that I do is music industry based. I think the best thing that I've ever been told is like do the work that you want to do. So, like, if you want to start doing, like, merchandise designs for a band or if you want to start doing tour posters, like, make a fake one or make or just draw something up. Personal projects are really good. Yeah. Um, and also you can make things that you can sell and that then, like, opens you up to doing things like craft fairs or, like, print fairs and stuff like that. Like you can design for other people, but you can like start making your own products as well. And so that's kind of like another avenue that you can like make income from. I can't tell you the amount of times someone's been like, can you do this? And I've not known how to do it. And I've been like, yeah, I can do that. And then I just learn how to do it and do it. I think like the internet's your friend, I guess, really. Yeah. The self-belief and the confidence is, I think, is the hardest part like telling yourself I'm an illustrator I I'm gonna design things and make things for people and then kind of putting that out into the world I mean like hey I do this like 
selling yourself is really really hard like well I find it really really hard but every now and then like I got a bit of confidence like if I was in like an email with someone I'd be like oh like here's my portfolio like if you ever need merch designs or anything like that let me know as much like as much as you can like brand yourself online so much stuff will come from word of mouth the other thing I'd say is like just never ever be scared to talk about money yeah that's a big like, one it's a big one like being in a band or like being in anything creative or freelance it's always like pe- I know people always find it really awkward to talk about money but um I think I've done it especially in the band sense I've done it for so long now that I don't have any problems talking about money or telling someone how much I charge for something when they ask me for designs like and that's really important because that's how you get paid but it'll you know the the quicker you can get it out the way and be really upfront about it you can sort of it's you're then just focusing on like the creative side of it then yeah and if you start work before you've discussed prices and things like that it will be really awkward and you'll get like you'll sort of just get hung up on it the whole time when you're working on something. So I just like, yeah, I think, I think those, those are probably the best two things like do the work that you want to do eventually, even if you're just doing it for fun. And, um, and yeah, don't, don't be scared to like be upfront about what your fees are to make sure you get paid what you want to be paid. I've been working all day, 